You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 201st episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim reporting live from the 42nd Annual Daytime Emmy Awards. Hey, this is Matt uh, recording live from my summer podcast studio, aka The Porch. Uh, And this is Spencer recording live from Boston, Massachusetts, Nowhere else, nowhere fancy. I'm not as uh, bourgeois as you guys with your summer homes mm-hmm. and your porch. daytime Emmys or whatever that was that Tim said. Tim, how'd the red carpet look today? Dresses? Looked really good. Anyone Judge, look good? Ju- Judge Judy, Judge Joe Brown, uh, Judge Wapner. Um, everyone looked really good uh, coming mm-hmm. down the, uh, the red carpet. Now, see, why was it a red carpet when we're just about at the Giro? It should be. A pink carpet. Thanks for the great segue, little guy. I can't wait for the Juro coming up uh, right around the corner. In fact, we're going to have our own Velo Games code that we're going to produce to everybody oh in just God. a little bit. You guys, is is the Juro really right around the corner? It's it on is Friday. less than a week away. That's crazy. In fact, in fact, we need to celebrate the arrival of the Juro, and I can think of no other, no better way than <laughs> mm. the first ever slow ride podcast little guy mad lib corner yeah to start this conversation on the juro so little yep. guy i've never done a mad lib before can you tell really? me how they work uh i give you guys some prompts and then i fill in some things and then i read no. it back to you and hopefully it's funny and or informative or hopefully i did it right i haven't had any time uh with the Springs classic season just being completely nuts and awesome and you know thrill a minute um, I haven't had any time at all to think about the Giro. It, it starts, yeah. you know, in a matter of days. I don't know who's doing what. Uh, is this going to be um, detrimental to my Mad Libs experience, little guy? No, I mean, I, f- I just went with a light Mad Libs to start us off. I figure if this becomes a tradition, I'll get super deep into the weeds next time around. But okay. it's just sort of a light... A light dusting so, of a paragraph of Mad Libs, just to sort of flavor the Giro. Sure, you see how it goes. Sure, a little paprika, a little Italian yeah. paprika. Yeah, Something we'll just traditional see if this like works. That. If this was either a good idea I've had or one of my dumb ideas. Well, okay, I don't know. think it's going to be either, but I'm ready. <laughs> I, in fact, I have my thesaurus <laughs> open. Really? It's not going to be either. That's weird. Uh, all right, so Tim, uh, you start me off. Give me a country. Armenia. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> uh, Spencer, yeah. give me a noun. What's a na- um, person, place, person, or thing? Person, place, or thing. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 Milan. Ooh. All right, that kind of Well, do you want a person? Um, Would you rather a person? I could give you a person. No, that's okay. I, no, I, oh, I messed that one up. Oh, see, this is what I was afraid of. I meant to say adjective when I read the wrong thing. So adjective is totally different than a noun. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. That's why I'm saying I okay. messed up. Um, <laughs> let's say uh, 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 hot. 
Okay, got it. Sweet. Spencer, um... Yeah? Two in a row. No, no, I'm going to go uh, take... Tim, I need an adjective from you. You need an adjective? This is yeah. sweaty. Sweaty. This is about as well run as any USA cycling event I've been to. <laughs> um, Spencer, yeah. I need a verb from you. Mm-hmm. I, Can I phone a friend? Action. <laughs> yeah, call a friend. An action. Um, what's, a good, what's a good verb? Um, I guess I could say drinking. Okay. That like seems it. to fit with cycling. Um, um, I hope see. I get a good uh, one. I hope Tim, I get a good one. Tim, I, need, uh, I just need an Italian rider from you. Oh, Danilo DeLuca, Avi. Man, I thought you were gonna go. That's disgusting. Cunego. Spencer, I need an Italian writer from you. Oh, uh, I'm going Gianni Visconti. Uh, see, I, oh, <laughs> just as bad. Of, as I wrote this, I thought, don't do that. But <laughs> you would. Um, <laughs> okay, I could, I could change it, <laughs> Tim. Oh no, it's fine, it's fine, Tim. I need another. Uh, I need a little, uh, another adjective, another action from you here. What do you need? You need an adge- adjective or a verb? Adjective. Adjective? Um, glistening. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a big hit. And then, uh, Spencer, I need, I need one more adjective. One more adjective? Um, Let's see if I did this right. This is going to be really good. Uh, uh, tranquilo. <laughs> oh, nice. That's actually like how my life has been lately just tranquilo oh, yeah you're all pumped full of titanium you should be feeling pretty okay. good lightweight <laughs> you guys want to hear this this is great this i great can't wait this paragraph I, okay all right let's get our zero preview uh a la our little zero guy. preview all right folks this year we all know that the zero starts in armenia yep so we have three stages before the hot day and transfer back to italy we've got some sweaty names lining up this year of course, we have the ever-drinking Tom Dumoulin, mm-hmm. perennial Italian hopefuls DeLuca mm-hmm. and Johnny Visconti, mm-hmm. plus, uh, <laughs> plus the human glistening VO2 max himself, Michael Woods. <laughs> but of course, here at the Slow Ride Podcast, we know the real favorite is, of course, the Tranquilo Gummy Bear. That, you know, wow. isn't it? You know... It's not totally okay. uh, off the mark for a zero preview. A couple of the facts were a little no. off, but yeah, I, there were some few things. I'm pretty sure this is this is oh, what but. this is what you read in like magazines like Velo News or whatever, right? Like this is the classic yeah. preview of any type of race. Like it's basically the how they do it. it. Yeah, yeah. Like and at the end, the the closer. For those that don't know, we have a love affair with Carlos Betancourt. AKA the gummy bear, our favorite rider, now the official team leader for Team Movistar, Movistar team, or however they want to call it. Yeah. And um, things are going to be good. But, little guy, I, I thought that Mad Libs went pretty well. Um, it went all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a little I think you guys nailed about... it, too, with some of your facts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Visconti. I mean, you didn't know it, but you still nailed it. Visconti's definitely glistening, um, and the gummy bear is definitely going to be uh, <laughs> tranquilo. And yeah. I don't know about geography, but I'm pretty sure Armenia is very close to Israel. Mm-hmm. It's pretty... Where the Jews are starting. As the crow flies compared to where we are, pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's there's guys, only a so couple on, thousand miles in mountain yeah. ranges between, but yes, uh, very <laughs> very close. <laughs> so we got the Jiro starting, and so when I was doing research for this earlier, guys, and I didn't use any of this research, but I headed over to the Giro d'Italia website, the official website of Giro d'Italia. Have you guys been on this website? Uh, no, but I, 
I can imagine it's very pink. It's 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 kind of pink. It's you know it looks good. Um, there's a weird section in the video section. Anyone should go check this out. Where there it says Giro d'Italia by e-bike, and there's just a couple pictures of a guy on an e-bike, which it looks like he's racing a Formula E bike or a Formula E like race car on a track, like okay from a standing start. That's it. That's there's no explanation. There's no videos. I don't think. Uh, I, it's just weird. That's the sort of thing you get from the Giro. But so I went over there initially though to check into the jerseys because you know in the past the Giro has always had like 150 jersey competitions. You know they have like the pink jersey, the slightly darker pink jersey, mm-hmm. the slightly slightly darker pink jersey. Like they just do all these weird competitions. And according to their website, they only have four jerseys this year. Like normal, like a leaders, a sprinter, a climber, and a youth category. Sure, and the but, uh, and the negro, the black one. I, the Negro is not think, on the official website. Just, they just do the number now. For that's like yeah. whoever's in last place. I think they just do the number. It's like the Lantern Rouge. Um, is that what your? Is that what that jersey is, Spencer? Sure. Yeah. Back in the day. Okay. So. Well, the Giro- the, was gonna, my point was there was there's there's these weird paragraphs on there. I just want to read. I just want to read one of these paragraphs to you guys to fully get the the it, written in Italian translated into English by an intern beauty of this this the poetic beauty of this this is what it says about the maglia rosa pink like the gazetta del sport like a newspaper's page like those leaflets handed out on the top of a hill and then laid over the stomach as a protection from the cold of the descent pink like a champion's dawn pink jersey prerogative of the number one in place list there is a poem just like that written about every single jersey it's great that's pretty good is this not the greatest race in the world it well, it, it is the greatest of all the Grand Tours at the perfect length of exactly three weeks. I yep. am super stoked about this race be, starting in Israel this year. So that means that the Israeli Cycling Academy is on the team or is on the start list. I'm a little disappointed that Dan Craven is not going to be taking the start line, who just recently won a race in Senegal. But we'll get to that maybe in a little bit. But with the Giro around the corner, I think. We need to bring up a couple things. First off, Velo Games, we're back. We have a code. We're going to put it in the show notes. So look on your um, Apple iTunes. Uh, you can just click. You'll see the show notes. We'll also have it on Twitter. For those of you that have your pen and paper handy, here it is, 8028-04137. Once again, that's 8028-04137. We have two prizes already donated this year <clears throat> from banjo brothers Amazing. who we just did a um we just did a five things uh interview with the folks over at banjo brothers just go to banjobrothers.com check out their bags but then you can see our interview they're donating two of their deluxe saddle bags so nice. i would say that we give this to whoever finishes 16th place mm-hmm. in the competition and whoever has the best name as judged by Maybe one of um, one of our guest hosts that's going to be coming on in the uh, coming weeks. Uh, maybe we'll have Abby, Mickey, or, or whoever do a quick uh, review of what their favorite names are, and then that individual will get a free Banjo Brothers bag. All the more encouraging for more Jurig Jurich Sagan references or Carlos Betancourt references in the team name. So that is the housekeeping. And well, we- one more housekeeping: make sure you get it in by the third of May. Don't be like me. And think about it on yes. Friday morning. You're like, oh, the Giro starts this morning. You, you're done. You can't do it anymore. You got to get it in the day before the Giro starts. Yep. So now we have a. You know. th- there's a couple of things that that obviously we need to 
we need to come across and we need to discuss, right? For, for the race here. And this mm-hmm. is, we're going to go Jiro, and then we're going to uh, get uh, Abby Mickey on the line uh, in a little bit to talk about um, the Women's R Dame series and uh, um, everything else going in. So let's talk right away. Topic of choice is that uh, Chris Froome is taking the start line. Will he finish the race? Yes. He's going to finish it in first place. Really? I think so. Okay, I don't know if he's going to – I don't think he's going to finish. I think they're going to pull him out. You think they're going to pull him? Like just just randomly or like uh, Rasmussen style? Like middle of the night, you're gone sort of thing. Explanation well, later. So I, this is what I discussed with some friends, and they were saying that Rasmussen's team actually pulled him out of the tour. So like it was kind of one of those forced abandons, yeah. and he got to keep his results that year in the tour for a while. So – you know, maybe Team Sky will just feel the pressure and bring them out. I don't know. I just hmm. part of me just thinks that this clown show that we call professional cycling is going to lead us into the ultimate clown show of having the Giro leader getting pulled out. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's going to be that quite that bad. I mean, I I, I can definitely see him getting uh, a ban later, but I I think you know the whole plan. I think was like he did. This, he does this and he saves the results from this early part of the season. You know, and, and, and what so what do you think, Spencer, about Froomegate? I don't know what to think about it. I've been trying not to think about it and thinking that somehow he would pull himself out or something would happen. Uh, And now we're pretty much here. And uh, unless we get a uh, a Jan Ulrich Liberty Seguro situation where they just ban 12 people before the start of the race, um, you know, I think he is going to start. And uh yeah, I'm, I'm afraid he'll probably do pretty well. I mean, he's he's pretty good at these grand tours, um, and I don't know how they're going to resolve that. And yeah, just it's just not a good it's not a good look any which way it breaks. Uh, I you know yeah, I just I just can't believe it's taken this long. I am excited about the the map of the race, so hopefully Froome just doesn't have it. But part of me thinks is that. You know, I, there's so many conspiracy theories that the reason he signed up for the Giro is because he knew he was going to get, you know, banned by this point for the six months, and then he could just come back to the tour or, or whatever. <laughs> uh, maybe this has come back to haunt him. But wearing the number one start um, uh, uh, jersey number is t- defending tam- champion Tom Dumoulin. We knew what happened to him last year when the um, unfortunate bathroom break that took over everyone's Twitter feed. Um, he's looking pretty tough as normal going into this race. I would think that he could give Chris Froome maybe a battle um, for it, but Froome is such a uh, machine, unlike any other rider we've ever seen before. Wink, wink. And, um, <laughs> you know, I Subtle. would expect him to, uh, Dumoulin, to be able to put together a good race. Who else do you guys have on your uh, short list of uh, com- contenders besides the aforementioned Carlos Betancourt? And that Movistar team that is just <laughs> lining up in support. Um, yeah, although totally. I will say this, even though he is number 121, so the, the number one for the team, they do have all of their riders in alphabetical order, it looks like, for yeah, the numbers. I so, think that's how it's going over Yeah, there. so that uh, Eduard, Eduardo Sepul- Sepulveda, the Argentinian, yeah, so. may actually be the team leader there. But we are going to leave out hope that uh, it's actually mm-hmm. Carlos Betancourt. And think of what that means for Movistar for the tour. Amador... Landa, Quintana, and Valverde. You have four legit top ten mm-hmm. Grand Tour riders on one team. They're gonna get in a fight. 
Um, <laughs> so who, who do you got? I, I um I've been looking through this start list and past Froome and Dumoulin, it feels I don't know, man. I'm not really sure. Like I think Pino's obviously looking good mm-hmm. uh, recently. Uh, Formolo's coming along, but I mean he was like ten minutes off the pace last year. I don't want to jinx this because you guys know where I'm going with this. Deep in your heart of hearts, mm-hmm. I think Posa Vivo looks good. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> he looks real good. Um, a couple, you know, in the last couple of weeks, and I know he's like the oldest of the Grand Tour contenders and all that stuff. <laughs> and and it seems unlikely this would suddenly be the year, but I I see him getting a podium. You know, I mean, I don't think a ruse got it. He seems just kind of all over the place yep. and. I don't know, Woods maybe. I mean, Woods obviously rode a great Liège, and that VO2 max is huge. What about so, um, I mean, what about David Formolo? You know, riding yeah, for yeah. Bora, and they don't have the Sagan distraction there. No. I, yeah, I mean, unless he's improved a lot, though. Like, he was, what, top 10 last year, but he was, like, 10 minutes down, too. He was that okay. kind of top 10. Lem- so, I, you know. What do you I, think of uh, Formolo Spencer care at all? I do not care at all. I don't. Okay. Uh, what about? <laughs> don't know that he'll be there. I'd say Ch- Chavez would be another favorite. Chavez you know, could yeah. be up there. Uh, but has right. he shown anything? This he year? has not. I think. Uh, I think little guy is onto something uh, with Posavivo, but also Thibaut Pino. I think Pino will probably be yeah. the best of the also Rands uh, after Dumoulin and Froome. What about you my? Know, f- what about my favorite okay. from South Africa, though? Louis. Oh Mentes. yeah, Mentes. Yeah, I mean, he's in there. Also, has he shown anything this year? You know, the more I look at this start list, the more I it's like clearly Froome and Dumoulin, and then a yeah. bunch of people, and you're like, well, where are all the other team leaders? You're like, oh, because Froome signed the up for the Giro. They're like, we're concentrating on the tour. This is our year to beat Froome in the tour. You know who I think is not quite strong enough yet to maybe beat those guys, but obviously had a good Giro. His good Giro last year is uh, Miguel Angel Lopez from Astana, and Astana's been crushing it this year. Obviously nothing to do with what uh, Louis Westra just wrote a book, former Astana writer, saying that he just abused cortisone his whole career. Obviously Astana, they wouldn't do that sort of thing. But, um... <laughs> Did you see the but, Astana comment on that little guy? Yeah. To interrupt? Like, yeah. well, he didn't buy the drugs. We didn't buy him the drugs. Yeah. No, I know. I'm like, yeah, obviously... Um, but Lopez has been really good and he's got, he's got a good team around him. Like Lutsenko has been riding great this year. Sanchez has been riding great. Uh, Kandert has been riding really good. And J- he's got, I haven't seen anything from him this year, but man from CCC pulls that last year who was like suddenly pulling groups along in the mountains. You knew that he was getting a pro tour contract. John Hurt or John Hurt, um, who, was like killing it in the mountains last year at the at the in the third week for no reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now well, the reason was that he was like doing work for other people with a wink wink and a nod nod I'll be on your team next year. Um but he's got a solid team. I think I think he could be a surprise. Well, so the Giro's around the corner, easily one of our favorite races. What's important here Go to Velo Games, log into the code, get it on the show notes. Also check our Twitter account at the Slow Ride Pod. We'll have the we'll have the code there. Um, Banjo Brothers donating uh, two saddlebags to give away. Have your best contest name. Um, and guys, I hate to bring you this, but let's end the Jura discussion with this sad moment. That stage 16 this year is an individual time trial. Uh, yeah, I knew that. I know. Why did, you know, they, that often seems to be the case. I feel like we have been hit with the curse of the time trial 
a lot uh, of time since we started doing the 16 place you know, thing. Like we should have maybe done a little more research before we decided 16 was our number. I just want to give a quick shout out that I think it's pretty dope that they're in Israel for the start of this race because I bet you those stages are going to be pretty awesome. So uh, I am looking forward to watching that on uh, on uh, whatever dark webs I have to find the Giro on. <laughs> I'm kind of the opposite and I'm not excited about it. Yeah. I'm not excited that it starts in Jerusalem, which I think is a bunch of bullshit. But um, I feel like it's going to be... It could be a disaster is what I feel like. Yeah, but we'll see. It's a high disaster potential. And it's probably a pretty bad idea, especially with the unrest that is uh, still gripping that whole area we can all disagree or partially agree not disagree no i mean two-thirds <laughs> of us agree yeah yeah that's true hey i'm just saying i'm looking forward to some bike racing from what yeah. i've seen of the landscape of israel like as far as the uh the the topography it's going to be a pretty dope race course that's i think true. the I'll, racing is going to be pretty fresh i'll give you the topography is good from what i've seen from the israeli cycling academy previews of the stages in israel i bet it will be pretty exciting to see so um, we will uh, see how that goes. I'm Dan Chavnoff, and I ride for the Richard Sachs Cyclocross team, and I hate listening to the Slow Ride podcast every week. And the Prem Lap this week is once again for our good friends at Health IQ. And uh, Spencer, tell us a little bit about Health IQ. All right, Tim. Uh, if you're not familiar, and I think you might be, uh, but if our listeners aren't familiar, uh, this podcast is supported by Health IQ. They are a life insurance company uh, that celebrates the health conscious, including cyclists. Um, we have a special URL for you to check out, healthiq.com slash slowride, uh, where you can learn a little bit more about what they are all about, uh, get a free quote, uh, for your life insurance or check out uh, their FAQ page for any questions that you have. Basically, the uh, the idea is, is that um, you're riding your bike, you're keeping yourself fit, you're in race shape, maybe you're an elite Cat 3, I don't know. Uh, maybe you're grinding the gravel. Um, but Health IQ knows that that all adds up to you being a healthy individual, you being a lower risk uh, for for issues um and therefore they can get you better rates on your life insurance um so it's really a win-win kind of situation where uh you get to put your hobby of cycling to work for you uh saving you money and um health iq can help you do that so check out healthiq.com slash slow ride take the uh quiz score elite save some money right there give them your uh your strava miles to save some more money uh it all stacks up and um, just find out, uh, you know, what they can do for you. Uh, it's easy, it's uh, quick, and it's painless. That's yeah, right. They're not like those other health insurance companies that, you know, if you're a fat biker, they they jack your rates up. They're not like that. No, they're smart. They're smart about it. Biking um, biking's still biking. Even biking is still biking. And if you do like biking, all types of biking, except fat biking, you can also go to uh, WideAnglePodium.com to learn more about the Wide Angle Podium Network of uh podcasts cycling specific podcasts uh that i don't know they're they're created within the cycling community and they're supported by cyclists like you so check it out it's a um member supported uh network that helps pay for all of the uh, rates we always talk about it more um in in the coming months but 
once again, just go to WideAnglePodium.com. Also check out the app on uh, Apple iTunes and the Google Play Store to see what the latest um, episodes are. I will say Mm -hmm. uh, Crosshairs Radio and Bike Shop CX have put out some uh, recent episodes. And um, I didn't know this, but... um, the, uh, we got to hang out. Has a great interview with uh, f- the uh, individual, uh, the, the gentleman behind uh, Flow Bikes out of Austin, and we're going to mm-hmm. be hearing a lot of great things about Flow Bikes um, later on in the episode. Yeah, we are because um, we're uh, going to be joined after the pre-lap break here uh, with our special um, guest from a few weeks ago, Abby Mickey. Uh, we had a pretty great response uh, to her appearance on the show, so we decided we needed to get her back in. Um, and we're hoping to make this a, a regular occurrence. So we're going to talk a little bit about the, uh, we're going to review the women's Ardennes uh, races that happened. And most importantly, we're going to grill her about what she thinks the um, monuments of cycling should be on the women's side. Uh, because we know um, what they are on the men's side. We're all familiar with Paris-Roubaix and the Japan Cup and so forth. That's right. And then also we're going to talk a little bit about our Juro picks. We've been saving those for an actual expert of professional cycling. Hi, this is Dan from Nam, Namibia, not Vietnam, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, let's get into it. Uh, so we're joined by professional cyclist Abby Mickey. Um, Return, Abby. So nice to meet you. Yeah, Hello. sorry I wasn't here the last time. Um, <laughs> no. I was walking the dog. Um, yeah, no worries. Glad, uh, hey. glad you're back. Thanks. So the ordained season's over for women, mm-hmm. and and for the the men. And what I one of my questions that I had that I want to get to at some point. And I believe that we were going to talk about this last time you're on. So. Everyone talks about the monuments of cycling, but mm-hmm. the monuments of cycling, I don't believe there's like a, there's a, um, a women's version of each race of what is the males, the, the men's monuments of cycling. So what are like the biggest races for the women on the calendar? Like what is the, you know, what are the races that you want to win in your professional career? I'm curious on this. Like what races should I put more weight into watching than the others. So first of all, I, I'm curious, how would you define a monument? Yeah, Tim. The Wikipedia told me what a monument was. <laughs> and there was, at one Pro time, Cycling we said Magazine, there was, 2004 I, w- said we're, we're convinced there's actually six monuments. The sixth, of course, being the Japan cup, oh. um, to kind of equal out the, the calendar because you got Lombardia at the end and then you have Milan San Remo, Roubaix, Flanders, and Liège. That feels like really, really front heavy. Yeah. Yes. Very exactly. I mean, so even if you throw the Japan is. Cup on there, like it's still way loaded towards the front. Yeah, yeah, but the weight of the Japan Cup being such an important race, I feel kind of you know equals it out. But I understand where you're coming from. So I would yeah. say the monuments are just the most historic of all the races one day races sure, right prestigious I, mean, I guess like yeah most okay. of these on 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 the men's side of are just kind of the longest running maybe and then yeah the hardest i guess in some cases but um yeah i don't know that there's an actual criteria in in applying you know the longest running you know a lot of the women's races don't have the same history so how you know you got to start somewhere like if okay so if we're going by the longest running races, then Drenta, Ronda Van Drenta, 
Okay. Where's that? Um, which is a world tour race, and it is in the way north of the Netherlands. Um, that is one of the longest running races. Uh, I would say, see, the problem is like Strada Bianchi is relatively new. I mean, I guess that's not a monument for the men even. No, but that can be a monument. So Let's talk. Yeah, like so I would argue that it move. should be an ar- a monument because it's a yeah. really cool yeah. race. The women should take it first. Yeah, you know? and then and then the men's are like, well, oh, I guess I guess we'll I make like it this. a monument too, you know? Yeah. No, and if we say it on our podcast enough, play. other podcasts, other podcasts will start picking up on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Strada Bianchi <laughs> has been decided to be a uh, monument you for heard the it women. Here it's, first. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, it is like a really cool race. It's like way different than any other race. Like, what yeah. other race has dirt? Yeah. Uh, Santos Besides tour down Chico, under. I don't know. Stage race. <laughs> Yeah. So I have a, I have a question, and I, I know it uh, you know doesn't exist in the form that it did, but um, for a couple years there, at least the uh, Philadelphia was a women's world tour race. Truth. Would that yeah. be? Would you consider that course to be like monument caliber? No. No. Okay. Only because like the the climby part that's super steep that I can't yep. remember the name of, which is Maniunk. like Maniunk. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun. I remember I was going it's up. I was I going up mind. it once, and I'd been I'd been in a crash on the final lap. So I was like, I mean, I was just out the back, and uh, so <laughs> I was like going up the maniunk, and somebody handed me a beer, and I like took it, and I was like, Bud Light Lime, and I threw it because I was like, no one needs to drink <laughs> that. I like your style. Yeah, it was. Um, I didn't want it. You should have handed it over to someone else, though. I think like I another threw it at a like child. a rival teammate. Oh. On oh, accident. Okay. So sorry like to that kid that was standing at the, on the hill and that I accidentally it, hit with a beer. Probably won't so, be the first time if that's if they live in Philly where they get hit with a Bud Light line. Definitely now not. That, it was disgusting. It was the Ronde Van the Ronde Van Drenth is what you were referring to earlier, yep, correct? The, the Ronde Van Drenth okay. that one okay. I would call a monument just because it's been around a, a while, but it's like okay. Not exactly the most exciting race. I mean, it doesn't have cobbles. It has crosswinds sometimes. And pretty much the only defining feature of the whole race is literally a pile of garbage that they've put grass over that you Mm -hmm. race over. Um, Ah, the old landfill. Why? Landfill climbs, big in Florida. Yep, exactly. Uh, It's pretty freaking steep and in classic <laughs> european style the run-in is like literally a bike path that then has like a very sharp turn up the climb so i mean you definitely like filter out some of the riffraff um but it definitely i don't i feel like it would be people would argue that it's not a monument i would probably say like uh excitement wise potentially not a monument but it has been going on for a really long time. Okay. Um, right. Flanders, obviously. Yeah. We haven't really had that many Flanderses for the women. Um, so, but I mean, it is like a really big race, especially as far as like spectator-wise. Like, mm-hmm. we there's a ton of spectators. So, yeah. like spectator-wise and like excitement level-wise, uh, I would call Flanders a monument. I'm going like monuments can only be one-day races, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're literally writing the rules on the monuments Just for women's right cycling. 
Yeah. And you're the expert here. So So when you asked me this question, I actually emailed Iris Slappendel, who's a Dutch pro. And she, she like has, she was my teammate on United Healthcare. She's been around like since the dawn of time. Um, She was on like Rabobank (laughs) with Voss. And, and I asked her, what would you like, what she would think the monuments were. And she was like, I don't think, any of them qualify as monuments and she said drenta flanders and flesh Wallone. i back flesh Wallone, okay because okay. that one is like such an exciting race plus like the course is hard and it's yeah i it's kind of a bummer that it's been won by the same person four years in a row it takes a little bit of the like excitement out of it but yeah. like it was still a really exciting race this year i thought ashley moment passio was gonna win i was losing it yeah yeah i was super stoked i when i was seeing that too yeah um for hey so you're at four races already so there's only one left and i'm starting to get nervous that you're not going to include the nature valley grand prix also known as the minnesota oh, yeah. cycling festival and the stillwater criterium i wouldn't include it because it's a stage race <laughs> oh okay thanks. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was getting nervous there Maybe just one of the stages counts as a monument, then. All right. So, yeah, all right. can we do that? Uh, we, we can do whatever, do whatever we want. want here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. Okay. Uh, no, I still wouldn't. So, okay. I think the I think the last uh, uh, current men's monument that we have that has a women's counterpart is Liège. Um, we've already got Fletch on the list. Do you want Fletch and Liège, or do we skip Liège? No, my my only problem. So, I actually wouldn't put flesh on there only because um, I I'm a little bit annoyed that there wasn't a live live coverage of the race this year, mm-hmm. and they've never attempted to have live coverage. Um, like same with Liege Bastogne Liege. Like it's only the second year of Liege Bastogne Liege for the women, and they definitely didn't even like attempt to have live coverage well i mean i don't know i'm not personally in the room with them maybe they did no but um flesh and liege they didn't yeah (laughs) flesh and liege were the first two women's world tour races this year that didn't have live coverage so i i i mean i'm putting flesh on there because it's like it is one of the longest running women's races and it is very exciting but i don't know it's begrudgingly the other one i would put on to balance the scales would be plue so which is in that's the that's in august yeah and it's in france yep i'm surprised that you take that over the uh the big one in july right the 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 one day that uh that the tour gives you (laughs) oh man uh, i don't even want to get started on (laughs) lacoris oh man (laughs) how basically nothing that aso runs should 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 get a monument just to just to shame them a little yeah bit, I, I would think. kind of agree with that i mean it's just a little bit um we're like women across the board and like men along with them are fighting to have women's cycling be kind of taken more seriously have more live coverage like everybody wants more live coverage mm-hmm. and yeah. uh so you've got the the amgen tour california or amgen breakaway from heart disease women's race empowered with SRAM. um they were four days last year. They're three days this year. And hmm. we were we were wanting more days, and we got less. Uh, La Course yeah. was two days last year, kind of. And 
we like there was a lot of uproar about it being you know like a 30 mile up a climb race um same thing it's the exact same thing that this year so they didn't like change anything i don't know i just (laughs) i have a lot of opinions no can you have a do you have an opinion about the uh the ride london race because that one's to me seems like one of the most dope on the calendar because it seems that that gets the best coverage yeah, that race is really cool. They they have live coverage for one, plus they have, like, insanely large prize money. And crowds. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like a, it's an event yeah, to it's, go it's see totally that race. Yeah, it's totally an event. And I think, like, as far as bike racing goes, like, I... Hot take, but, like, bike racing in the U.S. is dying. Like, stage races are dying. <laughs> and yeah. the... Like, what should be happening is circuit races and crits, because that's where it's at. Mm -hmm. And, like, hell, even Stillwater, like, crits like that. Like, super fun. People love watching that race. It's, like, one of my favorite races, for sure. I mean, it's brutally hard. No, I agree. Like, we've all done this race. Everyone on this call has done that race. And (laughs) I think we probably all have different opinions. And and only one of us has finished. I love I I finished. Wait. Yeah, I've never I finished. Have, no, I have no, not finished. I did it twice. One time I DNF'd and threw up. The other time I finished. No. One time I got pulled no. after two laps. Yeah. yeah. The, for the, the only time I've ever done it, I rolled my front tire going into the turn, like into the oh, start no. finish on the first oh, lap. No. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to die that, That's the worst corner. Yeah. And there's one good line between uh, two manhole covers and it's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. So... You you mentioned the, uh, we'll just say in sh- for short the tour of California women's race, mm. um, going from Heart disease women's race and power of SRAM. Yes, it's, like, it's powered by SRAM. Uh, title name. That's amazing. <laughs> great, um, great choice of words when we're going from four stages down to three. Um, disappointing. Yeah. However, that race has always had like. A weird kind of. T- I remember one year there was like the time trial, but only like twenty women were selected to to take part. Yeah, that um, was a few years ago. That was weird. That was before the ASO had it, and it okay. had like it was a crit. Uh, yeah, it was like a crit, and then the next day was a time trial, and they just they handpicked like twenty to do it, and it was like partially it was riders who were like really good at time trialing and like went into it super hot, like. Kay Armstrong, she went for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, Allison Tetrick, like, really good American time trialist. They had a couple Europeans, I believe, but I don't know how many actually, like, came over for that. Um, and then they also had, like, um, for lack of a better term, like, parade riders who potentially, you know, wouldn't really make a make a big difference in the time trial but they invited to do it because they were like a big name or mm-hmm. so that was a weird year i remember that that was the year that, that amber neben crashed into the wall i remember watching wow. that they did Ugh. have live coverage of that time trial actually and the crit um but yeah that was the year that amber neben was going down the descent on her tt bike and like locked up her brake and like just went like barreling into a like Oof. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. I mean, she's so, world champ. She became world champ a couple years later, so she's fine. Now, but. 
your team, Rally Racing, will be there. Will you also? Will you, are you planning on doing this, or do you not know yet if you're going to be at the uh, Tour of California race? I don't know yet, but yeah, Rally will be there, and um, I'm not going to give away any of our tactics or anything, but definitely watch the orange jerseys. Okay, so. How does the orange jerseys deal with this USA Cycling composite team? I'm super curious about this because <laughs> Kristen Armstrong uh, runs the team now, and you've got Megan Garnier coming over from Bulls, so she has to get released from the Bulls. Uh, like Bulls has to sign off on this, right? Yeah, to go race only, a UCI race. You can only race for um, if you're a world to like world tour quote unquote rider. You can only race for a national team if your race if your team isn't entered so you've got okay. megan garnier mm-hmm. and because bowls is not going to be there skyler schneider yeah and um, jennifer wheeler who i know from uh way back when she did the nature valley grand prix on the team for freewheel bicycle oh, it was awesome and then uh <laughs> sam schneider christina birch and wide angle podium sponsored Christina's rider katie compton oh yeah, cool yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so, awesome and Katie Compton. Yeah, Katie, so, that's question. even more exciting. I'm actually more scared about Katie. She's like Why are you scared? I don't she's super strong for one. Okay, strong. And she's like she doesn't take any shit. No. No. So so oh, I, here here's the thing when it comes to like a composite team or a national team thing. You kind of for example, uh not last year but the year before the US entered a team and there was like I think that after the first stage, they lost more than half of the team, and they only had, I think, two or three riders for the team time trial on the second stage. Um, so when it comes to like yes. composite teams like that, you kind of – it's not that you don't worry about them. You worry about the individual rider, for sure. I would be worried lining up next to Megan. Um, but you don't really worry about the team as a whole because, for the most part, like – they don't race together much. And like, if you're going to throw six random people together in the same Jersey and do a race, what are the odds that they're going to be like tactical geniuses, all of them together and know, like, you know, you know how other people ride. So I guess like my point is more than usual, this is a team to worry about because Megan and Skylar are teammates. Skylar and Sam are sisters and race together forever. And then Katie Compton is just like, I mean, she's she's not going to, like, let anybody slack off, so... So, do you think she can, like, get the wheel? I, I guess what I'm curious, like, sometimes, you know, you see, like, new teams, composite teams, or the, the local amateur team that's trying to race, and you're like, you're not getting on the wheel. Like, we're a bunch of pro teams. <laughs> and get, get to the back of the line. Katie Compton, do you think someone's going to be like, all right, you know, you are the 14-time national champion. Please, uh, you know, you, you, can, you can get in right here. Like, you think she's going to sharpen the elbows a little bit? I probably would because I know who she is, but I don't think that like many people who don't know if you don't if they didn't know who she was. Plus, she's not wearing like her trade cyclocross team jersey, so no. But she's going to be wearing what probably looks like a national championship jersey, which is pretty much what her trade <laughs> cyclocross jersey True. is. Valid right? point. I would probably just... if she was like elbowing me to try to take a wheel, I would probably look at the ground and be like, "Katie, there's no dirt here. What are you doing?" Do you? It's a good line. So, uh, <laughs> it is a good line. How do you do? You think most of the people in the in this race will know who Katie Compton is? No. No. Okay, sorry, that's, that's interesting. To me. I love Katie, um, but no, mostly because it's like a lot of foreign te- like all the American teams, maybe, but the foreign teams, probably not. 
You think Megan's like, man, this is pretty. Stu- I'm pretty stoked. I've got Katie Compton on my team, or she's like, man, I hope she's around for the team time trial. No, she's definitely stoked because for the okay. first stage, it's going to be a sprint finish, and Katie can at least like keep Megan safe and like not lose any time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I feel I like Katie's MO will probably be like, yeah, I want to go as fast as possible on the front of this race until it starts to get sketchy with, you know, 800 meters to go or something. And then I'm going to pull off. So it's all yeah, exactly. at that point. So. Do you have any major takeaways from the Ardane season that you wanted to go over on the, the race that, um, that we need to? Not really. I mean, like, Amstel was really awesome in that it was a completely different race than pretty much all the women tour, women's World Tour races so far. Uh, like, in all the women's World Tour races leading up to Amstel, it was more often than not, like, a solo rider or a sprint. And the Amstel was the first one that was the break succeeded. And I think that that, could, that was mostly just because of the strength of the break. I mean... The world champion was in it. Uh, Alexis Ryan was in it. She's on fire this year. Like, it was a really, really strong break, and I think that's why it succeeded. And I thought that was cool. I wrote down world champ win, which is always sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then you you aren't, I mean, you're absolutely right. Alexis Ryan taking third at the the, the, the race from this past weekend, the festival, Elsie Jacobs. Yeah. Which Lisa Klein, thanks for pointing it out, yeah. totally took the prologue. Yeah, that was did. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Not on a could climb. have been faster though. If she had a different bike nah. on the other days. But. Are you joking? It's okay. Have you seen those canyon bikes? Yeah, I mean, they're probably faster than a climb, mm-hmm. but I mean, well, we need the wind tunnel data for the two side by side to really know yeah do they have internal cable that's somewhere that I, that's something I want to witness <laughs> a wind tunnel test between a canyon TT bike and a climb. Oh, well, when I get a wind tunnel, that's all I'm going to do is compare it to old Kleins. He's actually making one out back next to his ice yep. house. Yep, it's right um, by the shanty. Awesome. Uh, um, and then, uh, so that is, have you raced over in Europe? I don't know much about your own career, and sorry if uh, if you guys addressed this last week. Um, um, I, feel I wouldn't I a, really or... call it racing. I part- I was on the start line for <laughs> a couple races, yeah. As like me and Spencer's uh, cyclocross career. Oh, yeah. oh man, at the pro level, we've been there. Oh yeah, we've done those. I don't think we've really raced though. <laughs> it's it's not fair to say that we've raced some of those people, but no. we've been there. We've yeah. we've gotten in their way I've when they laugh us. I've been on the start line for Ronda Van Drenta, uh, for Binda, for some other races. Yeah, yeah. On and the then, start line. And then you've there. been racing how long in the U.S.? Uh, this is my fifth year. Fifth year, what's your favorite race in the U.S.? Um, this is going to be super controversial, but Tour of America's Dairyland. Wow, I thought you were going to say Red Hook Crit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was going for a sweet segue. But uh, Tour of America's Dairyland, that's controversial. Why? Because I think that most people classify me as a climber, but Mm -hmm. I really love crits a lot. So, 10 days of crits, sign me up. So, that explains the love for the Stillwater crit. Like, you yeah. get both sides of, mm-hmm. of... Although, I barely call that race a crit. I don't know. <laughs> that race is... I, I mean, I don't know if I'm doing it this year, but at the moment, it looks like probably, and I'm pretty thrilled. It's a good time. It's always a good one. Yeah. Be on the side of with, like, a good beer. Bring me, like, a solid... Beer. I don't want a Bud Light Lime. 
Oh, I'm well. totally going to hand you a Bud Light Lime now. <laughs> now it's just going to be hilarious. <laughs> I mean, if, well, that's cool. if that race is as hard as it was, like, I remember it being my first time racing it, I it will probably mm-hmm. drink it just because I'll be so dehydrated. Yeah. And how many women are on the rally cycling team? Oh, man. Um, I think that we have 12 or 13. Oh, we have wow. a, we have so a relatively the, large team, yeah. So is that the largest in the, on the U.S. domestic or circuit, or is that still United Healthcare? Uh, United Healthcare actually has a little bit of a smaller team this year. Um, I think the biggest team might be Hagensberg and Superman. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't looked like through the rosters of all of the teams, but, um, ours is pretty big. I mean, we have a lot of riders that are like, we have a couple junior riders who are still in college, uh, or not junior, like U23. Um, that are still in college, so, like, they don't race with us a ton, but, like, they were at team camp and everything. Um, and then we have a couple of track riders who, uh, like, I I personally haven't met even Kelly Catlin yet, and she's on the oh, U.S. Right. track team. Um, yeah. She's racing Redland, so I get to meet her tomorrow, but... Do you have any interest whatsoever beast. in racing track bikes at a criterium actually like yeah Crit or Red uh, last year i was briefly on the um espresso mafia red hook team oh. for like a minute yeah but then, did you actually race not? it no my team wouldn't allow me to do the races but i was like really excited about it and it's definitely on my bucket list to do the red hooks that's that seems like the, uh, the the future of, I mean, if we're talking about the crits and the circuit races like you were mentioning earlier, which make racing a lot more exciting than standing on the side of um, the Tour de Gila or whatever, and <laughs> you see the, the pack go by for 20 seconds and there they go. Yeah. Um, the Red Hook Crit Series, which was this past weekend. We're going to talk more about it next week because we'll have um, three-time winner Dan Chabanoff on the, uh, the podcast to talk about it, but... As uh, you yourself being a professional cyclist, I would think that that would be a uh, a no brainer for rally cycling to just send the whole squad. It would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be so Wouldn't funny. It? I don't think that could, because I think that they want us to like you know race road bikes, and if we all start up to to a red hook, uh, the odds of all of us walking out of there with our bones intact are probably pretty slim. But if only you had a healthcare sponsor that could help coordinate the That's taking care true. of everybody, we right? You have a good sponsor for mm. that. That is very true. <laughs> that would so, be a great way to really show that they're a good sponsor. So yeah. um, <laughs> we, we deal with a lot of conundrums on the podcast, as you know. And um, a friend of the pod, uh, Bill from Crosshairs Radio, was on his Twitter account complaining incessantly about the most recent Sea Otter and the mountain bike World Cup, um, or sorry, the mountain bike race there, and how the podiums were actually backwards. So you're looking at it, and it was first, third, second when you were looking at the the, the podium box. That's wrong. So I have a mm. I have a question for you. If you were awarded second place, right? So the the winner is up on the the top, and you did a great job. You got second place, and you're walking up to the podium, and you saw it was backwards. Would you stop and make the organizer re- rearrange it, or would you just you just go ahead? And because uh, I've never had this problem, because I've never been on the podium, um, let alone have they been backwards when I've not been on the podium. So mm-hmm. I'm just curious if you would stand up to do what's right, because Bill was very angry that the podium presentation continued with the backward podium. 
Uh, I like that you make this sound like a like a real line in the sand, like stand up and do what's right. Like, are you going to fight for justice and the proper placement of podiums? Or are uh, you going to sit on the sidelines? So I have definitely <laughs> accidentally like went up to the podium and got on the second place thinking, wait, got on the second place one thinking it was the third because it was on the wrong side. Hmm. But I wouldn't change it. Because I think that I would be like so shocked that I was on the podium in the first place <laughs> that I'd be like, I'm gonna stand right where they want me to stand. This is yeah, that that'd be the conundrum that I would have. So I, I think Bill needs to get over it a little bit because Bill um, also hasn't had this problem. Um, <laughs> yeah, none of us have had this problem. This would I be mean, a good I, question for like Alexis Ryan, who's been like on the second and third step of many a podium this year. Yeah, they would probably be mad about it yeah they got their spot they're used to which arm to put up they got it all kind of down you know have you ever brought a bike up to the podium no that's wrong (laughs) you should never bring a bike to the podium Uh, good good answer answer. you are so you're solid squad member this is so good um i'm just now going to cross off the 20 questions that i had um, (laughs) because you got that one right um score any uh anything of note that you've uh, been noticing that you wanted to talk about on the uh, pod this week Oh my god, uh, podcast favorite Dan Craven won a bike race. That's true. Hell yeah. <laughs> I ordered some rusks on Amazon so I could celebrate. <laughs> Did you really? I gotta yes. say this. This this is in the same vein. I was at the co-op today in the bulk section. Oh my god, is that a cat? Was, Sorry. Yeah, it's my cat on my shoulder. And I was in the tea section and the lady who was, was filling up tea before me was getting the Rubus tea and she filled up like, it must have been, like, three pounds. I mean, she filled up the biggest bag of Rubus tea I've ever seen. I'm assuming because she's a big fan of Dan Craven now, I guess. Probably. I didn't know at the time that he just won a race. So, yeah. I'd never seen a bag that big. I mean, I think she she cleaned him out at the podcast just for Dan. That yeah. was the most I, exciting thing that happened this week. It, what about, like, his... Tell me you weren't on the edge of your seat when his Twitter account was like, Hey, a black cat ran across the road in front of me. Guess what happened next? And then there was a good, like, three-hour delay before his next update. And his joke was, like, next time I probably shouldn't make a joke and rely on Senegalese uh, internet coverage or whatever to, like, finish it. Yeah, that um, was pretty funny. Uh, he's having a, yeah, I, I thought it was great that he won a week before the Giro starts when his former team is basically hosting the first three stages of the race. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's winning, which was pretty awesome to see. I thought that was a... Also on the top, do you have any uh, interest in, uh, or have you done the Athens Twilight crit? That was this weekend. Oh my god, I want to do that crit so bad. Have you? Did, <laughs> but not. I've never. Done you it. haven't done it. No. Um, it is. It is crazy because it's the it's the one bike race I've been to in this country that ha- like it's the most people surrounding the course. Yeah. The entire course, um, or ninety percent of the course, is three four people deep on the on the fence line. What's crazy is maybe only 20 people are actually watching the race. The rest are just Drunk. drinking a lot and celebrating that finals week is the next week. So it's cause it's right around the university of Georgia campus. That seems kind of so, backwards. When you wait a week to celebrate. Well, no, it's like, spring fling, you know, student, it's, um, yeah, it's like, you know, it's before the, the last week of school. So mm. it's kind of their, their spring. Uh, a lot of people probably don't even have finals anymore. I don't know how it works anymore. Yeah. But, <laughs> Not everyone's there watching the race. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. 
Yeah. But they are kind of watching the race, and I always like watching it. The coverage is usually pretty good on the uh, the live stream. Yeah. And by the time it finishes, it's it's dark. I mean, it's you know, it's it's really um, light lit up at the uh, the men's race. Women's race, I think, could definitely use um, a lot uh, faster teams and more people, m- more participants in the race. Oh man, I like words can't even try to express how much I wanted to just like tr- teleport myself into that race and just like give Erica a lead out. She did really well. <sighs> yeah, but she, she a, really she wanted to win that race. Yeah, she's had a pretty good oh, speed rate be... in general. She was like so close. Mm-hmm. So close. I was watching and I was like, she's got it. She She's going to win. And then Samantha came out of nowhere. <laughs> Fake orange jersey. It's not even rally. It's not cool. <laughs> anyway, I would love to do Athens. That would be so cool. I'm not like a huge fan of racing in the dark. Um, but I did get LASIK. So maybe I will be more of a fan <laughs> now. Because before it was like, I could only see the wheel in front of me. And I was like, Pray to God that that wheel just stays on a good line. Yeah, you should let me know if the LASIK helps because I, I also can't race at night. Is that I is that what's holding you anything. back, little guy? Is the LASIK? Um, I mean, there's a lot of things holding me back. It's the <laughs> legs too, but the few night races I've done, I, I am scared the whole time. I'm just petrified. Yeah, I I just can't see a damn thing. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done a race, a night race since the LASIK, but I will definitely let you know. All right. When I do, cool. I'll go get it, and then then I'll start training. Cool. <laughs> you got. You might have time. I don't know when the ne- next night race is. Are you a? Um, <laughs> so we we deal a lot with a lot of customer problems or um, email listener uh, questions. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Customers. And, yeah, <laughs> customers, customers of the pod. Um, haven't you read our our style guide, Tim? We call them customers. <laughs> Are you? Uh, would Would you consider yourself a um, uh, someone that's interested or excited to talk about gravel grinding? <sighs> well, that was a long pause. That is oh, the wow, best yeah, answer ever. Definitely. So, um, real quick, Andy Parsons hits us up from. Uh, outside of London, one of our dozens of listeners worldwide. And he says, uh, I'm a new listener. I don't know how I first came across the podcast. It may have been um, through Phil Guyman. I doubt that, but it may have been through Mitch Docker. <laughs> I'm sure it was through Mitch Docker. I signed up for a gravel style race called the Grinduro in Scotland. I normally ride a road bike for commuting and weekends, and I've done some touring trips from London to Paris and some coast to coast in the UK. And, uh, he wants to know what kind of bike should he get. Should he actually go all out and get a um, a gravel racer or a cross bike? What do you think, Abby? I'm selling a slate. Does he want to buy it? <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Good segue. Um, I will, uh, maybe. Um, he lives uh, south of London, so I don't know if... Uh, I mean, that's going to be probably a pretty spendy uh, uh, transfer. Yeah, shipping costs. Bike Are you, d- d- why are you selling the slate? Are you you don't like riding on the gravel? No, I uh, I feel like he should buy. I'm really not the right person to ask. So because I would say just get a road bike because cross is not fun. What? Sorry. Oh Ooh, well, you see, you seem so into canyons earlier. I'm surprised you haven't talked about him getting. I think there's only one bike that he needs to get, and that's the canyon with the double handlebars. I mean, I'll give him like a really good I, deal on this slate. <laughs> I, 
Does oh, it? The slate's getting better and better. <laughs> um, uh, I yeah, I don't know. See, I feel like I would say road bike because it would be more dynamic because like you could ride it on the road, whereas like you can't really ride a cross bike on the road. Like you can. What? Well, you can. You can. But I'm okay. So I guess you'd get the cross bike and get like you get the cross bike and get another set of wheels so you could ride yeah. it on the road. Yeah. That's I, that's the I, most reasonable really solution, the, and I, I'm, I really I'm worried, want him to buy it. guys. I'm, I've been sitting here, kind of taking this all in, and I'm thinking Uh-oh. about the tour of California coming up, and I'm a little worried now that uh, Katie Compton is just going to put Abby into the gravel on the side of the road just to see what happens, um, <laughs> and for talking trash. I heard you say cyclocross wasn't fun. Boom! It's going to be no. trouble. <laughs> Katie, Katie and I are buddies. She'd never do that. Oh, we she were might. teammates once. She might just be like, but you wish you, but you wish you were on that slate now, and then, you know, yeah, you betrayed her. <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, because I, I said I would. I said I'm one of the people in the peloton who knows her. Okay, so that's true. So you gave I her would wheel. give her okay. the wheel. Well, if it wasn't a crucial time in the race, I'd give her a wheel. Wow. Fair. <laughs> Unless it's my teammate's wheel, and then I'm not going to get it. Good thing your team director doesn't listen to this podcast. You never take your teammate's <laughs> wheel. Or you never take a teammate's wheel. Someone. If there's two orange lined up, you just don't get in the middle of that. <laughs> no, th- those are the rules. We're not creamsicles. Right? Those are the rules. We're orange. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. No. Makes sense. Well, that's, I mean, that's pretty much, I was just hoping that we would just convince someone to actually buy one of those double decker handlebars. Uh, no. I don't think, we're, I don't think anyone's going to be able to do the that. The best thing I'm that ever that. happened with those double decker handlebars was the Twitter reaction to it. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Which, I agree. all of the photos of like, like everybody photoshopped like 30 pairs of handlebars on top of each other. <laughs> we <laughs> should probably get in touch with Canyon and see if the, give us a bunch just to rehabilitate the image of it yeah. you know really just like make make it cool again i mean kudos kudos for like trying to you know change it up and engineer some cool shit am i allowed to swear yeah no one listens anyway so. okay um i think we always get the explicit tag but i, I, I think it's more often because of i swear and so i be nice somebody else takes us down <laughs> well there you go done check <laughs> I apologize to Katie. Oh, God. Now I'm nervous. I don't even know if I'm racing or not. I'm going to send her a message. I'm going to tell her, watch out. Somebody's out to get her. <laughs> All right. Well, I that our, my agenda is uh, totally crossed off. Do, uh, do you have anything uh, left, Spencer, or Little Guy? No. Oh. That was it. We talked Jiro. Talk women's racing. We talked the Canyon handlebars. we got to bring those up as many times as we can. We've done it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you guys talk about and George Hincapie already? <laughs> no, I don't, no, I don't think thank we you. did. Um, nice. Thank you. We hadn't. Cool. Um, Abby, the, going into the Giro, uh, will you be watching the Giro? Oh, yeah, for sure. I Have you guys heard of flow bikes? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the best Austin, thing to Texas. happen to American bike watching ever? Are, did they have the Giro? Yeah, they're going to have the Giro every day. So, yeah, I mean, like, personally, my favorite thing ever is to wake up in the morning, make myself like a really hipster cup of coffee and watch bike racing. That sounds like a good day. So, like, when the Giro rolls around, the Giro and the Tour and the Vuelta, it's like, yes, I've got 21 days of bike racing to watch. (laughs) 
Um, that it was that thought process that led me into the idea that uh, opening a bike shop would be a really good idea because I was like, hey, 21 days in May, 21 days in July, and then um, 21 days in September, there will always be people that want to come to the bike shop to watch bike racing and therefore buy new bikes. Um, somewhere along the line, A to B uh, got messed up uh, and no one bought bikes, but we did get to watch bike racing for a bunch of those days. <laughs> so maybe I should have just opened a bar instead. But um, yeah. but only so the four in the of morning us, to watch the bike racing. Yeah, we have not made our yeah <laughs> we have not made our picks for who's gonna win the Giro. Oh dear! Um, okay. And so you are here, so uh, I can uh, get us started now. My sentimental uh, sem- sentimental uh, pick, of course, would be Carlos Betancourt. But I am also a uh, a reasonable individual, and I am gonna think that uh, I think that Tom Dumoulin is gonna repeat. Um, for the victory, and that is a super rookie guarantee. Tom Dumoulin uh, will win. Um, mm-hmm. Little guy, who do you have for winning the Giro this year? Well, you know I want to say Postavio, but it won't be. It'll be Froome. Froome? I, I, uh, I just don't know if he's going to finish. I don't know if he's going to start. I, oh, wow. That's, that's a, we'll see. All right. We'll see. You think I think he's gonna at least do a stage because he's got to cash that check, you know, that start money check. Yeah, and no, it that's probably true. doesn't clear. It probably won't clear until the transfer day back to Italy, right? So he's probably at least got to do the first three. Got to get through rest day uh, number one. Yeah, he's got to get I, out of Israel so they don't. They I don't mean, get mad at him. I'll buy you guys. I'll buy you some more time, Abby, before your pick because I'm not even gonna ask Spencer for who his pick is. It's kind of a tradition of the podcast just to um, <laughs> overlook Spencer. Um, I am. Thank you so much for telling me about um, and telling us all. Flow bikes uh, having that coverage. That is some of the best news that I've had um, in the last three weeks, which has been a pretty crazy three weeks for me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Spencer, who do you actually have to pick? Because Froome isn't starting apparently. Uh, I'm gonna go a little bit. Uh, not totally off the uh, off the radar, but a little bit off the radar. And uh, I'm going to go with Astana for the win with um, Miguel Angel Lopez. It could be. It could be. Right. It probably won't a, be, but it could be. Was that a, was that a it, sigh of disdain coming from Abby just for the fact that it was – like you didn't even mention who the rider was yet. You said from Astana. It was like, ugh. Yeah, if I was gonna make a st- if I was gonna compare Astana to a pizza topping, I would have it be <laughs> the sock from the dumpster out back. Oh man, um, that's the only wow. redeeming right. factor of Astana is um, what's the guy who just won Roman D like the stage of Roman Falgren. D? Today? Oh, sorry, Fuslan. Fulsang. His hair is the only redeeming factor factor of Astana. <laughs> All right, Abby. So we know you're not picking uh, Miguel Angel Angel Lopez of Astana. Who do you have? Um, I. Oh man, this is tough because I really. Um, I've already got one strike for just saying that I don't like cyclocross, which I'd like to. I'd like to just Uh-oh. clarify. I don't like to race mm. cyclocross, but watching cyclocross, like I could watch it all day. All right. okay. But racing it, right. well, not so much. We'll that but we'll lower the step ladder so you, you're cool. not as deep um, down into the hole that you've dug. I love Froom. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'd like to thank you for listening to the Slow Ride podcast. <laughs> the connection Froome. broke up wow. there for a moment. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm uh, not sorry. He's gonna win. I'm with you. I agree. I. Froome. I mean, I don't know. Like, there's been so much hype, and of all of the of all of the guys that have ever been like gc contenders 
I mean, I don't know all of them, but he seems to handle the hype the best. Oh yeah, yeah. no, that, you, that's true. If so, you fa- if you rewound this podcast six months ago when Froome announced that he was going to be doing the Jiro, we were all the three of us were so damn excited thrilled. about this. We we were like woohoo! And then three weeks later, yeah, there um, was just that one little out, thing that happened that, that changed one, everyone's perspective. Yeah. But we were still really, really into the idea. And now I'm just like, oh, so Froome. So you yeah. think Froome's going to win? You, you go go out in style. Uh, I think so, but I actually am more excited about my third place pick. I don't know if we're going three deep, but I think Dish. that uh, highest VO2 max in the peloton, Mike Woods, is going to be on the podium. Yeah. I think that is a very solid pick, uh, yeah, pick like for the podium as well. So so, so I'm picking him Hope. for third. I don't know if we're we're going that deep. But yeah, no, we can go. Yeah. I, it, I don't know if second or third, second, depending on what, but, which think, side the podium I think everybody should pick their first and their third. Like, cool. Oh, okay. No second. Well, then Posavio is going to get third. Oh, the Carlos Betancourt is getting third. Obvi. Oh, no way. Oh, it's yeah. going to be the greatest. When that happens, we've resurrected his career along with the Hammer series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I mean, yeah. He's just not the Carlos he was once. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably true. Um, Do you think hey, he's ra- this Giro idea. he's racing for his uh, spot in the tour, I think? I think he's racing for his job every single race. I think every race they send him to, they're like, Carlos. <laughs> they give him a stern, stern look. Just They say his name, and then there's silence. And he's like, yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. And he goes out there, and he gives it his all, because otherwise they're giving him the boot. Who's your third place, Spencer? Um, I don't know. Uh, I'll, go, uh, I'll go Thibaut Pino in third. What was your idea, Abby, before a uh, oh, little man. guy interrupted you? I had a great idea, but then I looked at the stages and I decided it's not a great idea. I was going to say instead of picking who gets 16th because it's a stage race, we should pick who would win stage 16. But it's, it's a, a time, time trial. But it's a time yeah. trial, so. Uh, uh, yeah. Very Scrap disappointing day. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even matter who wins or does anything that day. Maybe for the tour, we you can pick like who's going to win stage 16. That'd be good. Hopefully it's not a time trial. Abby, is. thanks for uh, joining us once again. We hope to have you on uh, several more times, especially leading up to the uh, um, Amgen Tour of California. How many weeks away is that? Uh, two. Two weeks out? When, when are you going to know when you're on the squad to put Katie Compton into the dirt? I will know probably next week. All right. Well, let us know. And uh, we'd like to thank uh, everyone for tuning in. Thanks to BK1 of... Rhyme Series Entertainment for the use of the track Timid Do Cannibal off the al- album Radio Do Cannibal. And thanks for tweeting us at the Slow Ride Pod and emailing us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. Um, thanks to healthiq.com slash slow ride for their continuing support of the Slow Ride Podcast and the listeners and members of the Slow Ride of the Wide Angle Podium Network. If you haven't already, please click subscribe on Apple Podcasts and give us a review. This is Tim in Orlando. Matt in Minneapolis. This is Spencer in Boston. And Abby in a cabin in the woods in California somewhere. Just a little <laughs> bit creepy. Uh, wow. <laughs> The Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.
damn it. I miss the pizza. I miss the Mad Libs.